good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. Indeed, uh, indeed. We are here. It's like we took we took some time off for you know mental health reasons. <laughs> Generally, there's not a ton of talker to talk about. No. Um, I have uh, two toddlers, and you know Monday it's nights holidays. getting Monday nights. Yeah, holidays. You know, you know Halloween, and then. You know, then it's, then it's Thanksgiving and all of a sudden it's Christmas. But we are back now because we actually have some stuff to talk about. And so, yeah, just a little a little refresh for us. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're back to talk about some some soccer stuff. Uh, I have with me, uh, as always, the uh, lovely Jess. Jess, how are you doing? How's been? How's your uh, last basically month and a half been? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like. Do I remember how to do this? Oh yeah, I just get in front of my computer and talk. I guess it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> I've been, you know, playing the job game uh, quite quite well. I've made it to the final interview round several times now, <laughs> and still no offer. But just gonna keep chugging along, and um, you know, my mental health is great. So. We that's, can't complain about that. Well, that's the most important thing. So that's Amen. that's fantastic. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've been I've been there. I've been on the on that job hunt stuff. So, I appreciate that and understand it. So, every day um, I'm hustling. <laughs> if anybody has an, a job offer for Jess, let her know. Uh, <laughs> you can reach out to her at Jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two. Did that without even looking at uh, our notes. So that was pretty that. intense. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say thank, thank you to all our Bulgarian listeners. Uh, we are apparently the the hundred ninth uh, most listened to sports podcast on Apple in Bulgaria. For so who's whatever been traveling? Reason. Yeah. So Dobir Den to our friends in Bulgaria. Uh, if you're listening during the day, if you're listening in the evening, Dobir Vakher. That is uh, apparently how you say good good day in uh, Bulgaria, either in the morning or in the afternoon, evening, or at depending least on. That's how After we hope dark. to say it. <laughs> I, I, I listened to, to a YouTube video. So, yeah, it's possible. I, I might have just insulted everybody in Bulgaria, but. We hope not. We hope if not. If we go down to 110th, we'll know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I guess the other thing I would say was like listening to the podcast is the Spotify rap stuff is out now. And people are have been tagging us uh, that, you know, we are one of their most listened to podcasts on Spotify, to which I say. Um, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why exactly are we one of the most, but, but we thank you very much. Um, it, it means a lot that people listen to this thing. Um, not just, uh, my wife and, you know, uh, random people in Bulgaria that are looking for, uh, kids in the hall content, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> and they find us instead. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And please keep sharing those. If you, if we are like one of your most listened to podcasts, we um, want to hear like, about it. Yes, please tweet us, tweet at us uh, on the on the uh, on the Twitter machines uh, or Blue Sky. Uh, I started okay. up a Blue Sky uh, handle for the Daves I know, so you can you can hit us up there too. Uh, but yeah, tell us why the fuck you listen to this goddamn thing, um, other than you know our sweet dulcet tones. <laughs> all right, nobody's listening to this to fall asleep. I hope. No, God, no. Uh, all right, I think the last time we we podcasted was right after the end of the season. I think it was like the 23rd of October. It was right before Halloween. I do remember that. Yep. Um, so normally our section is what the hell happened? Well, we have a lot of stuff that happened over the course of the last uh, six weeks. Uh, we hired a sporting director and chief soccer officer, uh, Khaled El Ahmad, who is uh, my age, which is what? very, very terrifying. Yeah, 42-year-old. Um, 
hires a sporting director and chief soccer officer for Minnesota United. He is currently the chief executive at Barnsley, which is a USL or not a USL, a EPL or sorry, English football league, uh, league one team. So uh, third division of the English pyramid. So there's the Premier League championship and then league one. Uh, Barnsley is currently in League One. I think I, they're top. They're near the top of the table in League One. Um, he's been there for a few years. Um, funny story. Actually, they got kicked out of the FA Cup for fielding an ineligible player. Uh, just pretty par for the course for for that. Um, he's done with his bar. So when he hired, we hired him back in November. Uh, they weren't sure when they would actually be able to bring him to Minnesota. Um, because his contract is uh through the end of uh the. EFL season that the league one season um, which is in June. Um, hey, Clara, wow. you say hi to, hi to Jess. Hi, Clara. Say hi. You say hi. That just wave. Say hi. Say hi. Hello. Say hi. Okay. She's just going to wave. All right. That's <laughs> not good. That's not good podcast content, Clara. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, so there. So Barnsley plays in League One. Um, as I said, his contract was supposed to be ending in uh, June, um, but it sounds like uh, there was actually an announcement today that they, he is going to be ending his contract with them on uh, December fifteenth, which is in like a week and a half. Uh, then he'll be coming to Minnesota after the holidays. So there's a lot of speculation about what was happening because obviously we also need to hire a manager, which we do not have right, right now. Uh, and what well, the speculation was like, was he going to be involved in that at all? Or is, like, how involved will he be? Um, I get the impression that he's probably doing a little bit of like work on the side. You know, he's doing his regular Barnsley job, but then also doing some Minnesota United stuff on the side as well. Um, interviews, things like that. Obviously, the time difference, like, man, the, this guy's probably not sleeping at all. Um, he does have a couple of kids. Um, I'm not sure how old the kids are, but. He probably is like trying to do stuff like after hours or whatever, um, half-assing two jobs, um, which is okay uh, until you need to, you know, show up for your other job. So it sounds like he's he, so yeah. So United announced today that he's done uh, with Barnsley at twelve on twelve fifteen, um, and then he'll be I think here. Barnsley was like, "What the hell, man!" Like, well, his contract was up at the end of the year, so I think they kind of knew that he wasn't coming back. Um, it was a matter of whether they could get someone in to replace him or find someone to do the stuff that he was doing. Cause he's the chief executive at Barnsley currently. So, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, Minnesota might've paid some, some money to break his contract early. Uh, we know they, that was not announced when they, when they made the announcement about uh, him coming here, um, after the holidays, but either way, it's good. Um, either way, he should have a much more, uh, much, uh, more influence on terms of the uh, hiring of the head coach, which again, we have not, we do not have right now. A couple things about uh, uh, KEA, as I'm going to call him, Khalid El-Amad. He went to school and played soccer at University of uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. So he's, he's, he knows the Midwest. He's been in the Midwest before. uh, So this won't be like a culture shock to him. Um, This is like 2000 to 2004. uh, Because again, he was going to college when I was going to college, because we are the same fucking age. Crazy. Uh, yeah, not weird at all. Uh, uh, he previously was the lead CONCACAF scout for the City Football Group, uh, which owns NYCFC. Um, he worked with NYCFC in helping build their roster uh, with Claudio Reyna, uh, who's a name that many soccer fans might know from his uh, uh, things with Greg Berhalter. Uh, but anyways, he helped build the roster. So there is some, I think a lot of people were, when we were thinking about who the sporting director slash chief soccer officer would be for Minnesota United. There was some thought within the fan base that we need somebody because it's MLS. MLS is weird. Um, the rules are weird. The roster construction stuff is weird. Um, so it's like, do we, we need some, well, we need somebody who understands that, but it's also like, are they just going to do, is this be the same people over and over again? Like, are they, do they, what kind of scouting infrastructure and stuff do they have? Uh, can you get someone who can do both? And it sounds like this guy is the guy who can kind of do both, right? He has, he understands at least a little bit the the soccer, the machinations of 
how MLS roster rules work, whether or not he is like fully drilled into that. It's completely different. MLS roster rules are completely different to every else in the world, right? With yes. definitely the players and Tam and Gam and Wham and, and Spam and Thank You Ma'am, all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> completely different. Um, but so, but he has he has understanding of some of the restrictions and stuff. And then I think the other thing that's sort of the understated that Minnesota United is not talking about is that they hired they brought in somebody from Portland a couple of years uh, I think maybe at the beginning of last year who was like a, a cap guru a lawyer who basically like this is what they work on they work on the MLS cap stuff so that they're very well versed so like I don't think this guy uh, Ke is not gonna have to like get involved in the in the the nuts and bolts um, of making sure everything is roster compliant he's gonna be more of a I think in my what I envision and I think probably I would hope the team is, is like he's gonna be more of like the sort of like here's the vision here are the players that I that I think could fit this vision how do we make them fit into our roster pie and like how does each piece fit into that pie um, and then we have other people who are sort of helping facilitate that work so that's what it sounds like like I said he previously led the CONCACAF scout he was CONCACAF lead CONCACAF scout for the city football group uh he's born in sweden um he has lebanese and czech parents um so he's got an international flair as well but again you know he went to he was he lived in the midwest for four four and a half year five years maybe um he's also has a, a master's from uh the uh uw milwaukee as well so he's not he understands what it means to be you know sort of midwest and now when we say we stand up when you hate milwaukee uh cheering from the wonderwall section um we have something to, to actually cheer about. So the other sort of development from this was that Manny Lagos, who technically was the chief soccer officer before this, uh, was moved into a, a slightly newer role, overseeing business development as the chief development officer uh, and senior technical advisor. He's helping still run the coaching, the head coaching search and things like that. I think he's just a trusted advisor to Sherry um, and will be a person that uh, Khaled can reach out to and and because obviously he knows the the u.s soccer landscape the minnesota soccer landscape uh fairly well i mean honestly like first you know uh minnesota soccer royalty manny lagos has a spot on this team i think as long as he actually wants it so um, right barring you know any sort of like cancelable offenses or something which manny lagos would never do so yeah anyways uh any thoughts on the on the new guy and the new hire yes i know i've been talking for a while um, I am just, it's like, I, I guess I feel like I've kind of lost my identity in, in terms of, um, same old, same old, right? I just, I have no expectations. I have no preconceived notions. I have nothing like I, I've never heard of this guy, Adam from Eve, before never been on my radar though that's not hard because i'm not like <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm not here yeah. to be the soccer guru i'm here to be <laughs> yeah. the approachable voice um so, it is interesting so from the people like the reddit threads or whatever that uh people have forwarded me i don't i don't go on reddit that's a, a you know sicko website um <clears throat> but uh apparently people from barnsley um are like this guy is like he is no nonsense. Um, he listens to fans. Like he will engage with with fans in, in a meaningful way and not sort of like lip service sort of stuff, uh, which is certainly something that we are not used to with uh, our previous sporting director. No. Um, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, you know Minnesota has a very vocal uh, fan base of people who care about the team and have supported the team for some for you know you know, a year, some for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Um, people who've like been following Minnesota soccer going back to the kicks days. So there's lots of people with lots of opinions. Um, and yeah, so, no yeah, it's so be interesting to see how, how, how he decides to uh, engage with the fans, N not just like, not just the Wonderwall, not just leadership, but just the fans generally. Um from everything I've read about him, he seems to be a very uh, forthright and open person. So um, I think that'd be, that will be a, a refreshing, uh, that'd be a, a breath of fresh air for. Change of pace. Yeah. So. I'm ready for it. 
Right. I mean, that's yeah. What we've been calling for, right? So like, <laughs> now it's time to ride the rails. Yeah. We- Got our wish. <laughs> so, hope, uh, yeah, hopefully we get a chance to. I mean, the the off season, you know, is very short in MLS. Um, I mean, the final, the MLS final, is on Saturday, and then uh, literally uh, within less than two months later, they'll be kicking off for preseason. So, um, even though Minnesota was out of the playoffs back in you know late October, it's only like yeah. a, what three month off season. So, and they may, we'll talk about the, a bunch of the roster decisions they made here shortly, but um, it's a very short off season. So. Hopefully we get an opportunity to meet with this guy and, and just, you know, sort of pick his brain and, and let him ask us questions and we can ask him questions. So um, I'm excited. Um, it, you know, it's, it's new, it's something different and new and it's not always, you know, new and different is not always good, but it it's definitely new and different. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. And that's what we know. Uh, all right. So just a couple things to sort of like catch up to where we are now. Uh, November, there was some November international call-ups. Uh, Minnesota United had nine loons that went out on international duty, uh, I think, which might be a record uh, for us, or at least ties a record. Uh, Michael Boxo with New Zealand, obviously DSC with Canada. Bongi played with uh, Bafana Bafana in South Africa. Timo Puki and Robin Lude played with Finland. Caravanariaga uh, and Joseph Rosales on Honduras. Uh, and Song Min Jong went to U, the U23 South Korean team and Ethan Bristow uh, for St. Kitts and Nevis. Um, so a couple of things to note here. Lude and Puki looked really good together for Finland. I watched uh, both the games that they played. Uh, Lude uh, set Puki up for a goal. Uh, I think Puki set Lude up for a goal that was, I think, called, off, called back for offsides. But man, those two playing together, um, Really exciting and really looking forward to that in for Minnesota United uh, in uh, 2024. Sang Bin Jong played with the U23s in South Korea. He they're qualified. They they had already qualified for uh, I think it was the uh, Asia Cup um, uh, for the on the U23 side. But he had an absolute banger of a goal for uh, the U23s, which is great to see. And then uh, didn't put it on the notes here, but uh, Joseph Rosales. For Honduras, uh, Kervin Ariaga did not play a ton for Honduras, but Joseph Rosales played it for Honduras against uh, Mexico in the Nations League quarterfinals. And Honduras should have beat Mexico uh, yeah. over over two legs. Uh, Kervin Ariaga played amazingly over the two legs. Um, just absolutely uh, lights out play as a left back for Honduras, which... You know, if you're a, a potential Minnesota United manager, you're probably looking at Joseph Rosales. We don't have a ton of left like left back depth. We'll talk about that in a minute here uh, when we talk about our um, uh, our you know contract decisions or whatever. But Rosales could be an option at least temporarily until we can get somebody in fully as a left back, so that we're not pushing DJ, DJ Taylor over to the left the left hand side of the of the defense. So, anyways. Overall, it was a pretty good um, uh, international break. Dane Sinclair didn't play for Canada, and they got smoked by Jamaica. So cool. Um, play, your, play your better keeper, Canada. That's all I have to say about that. So, yeah. All right. So then the other little bit of Minnesota United news um, they announced that they are participating in the Coachella Valley Invitational in February, uh, for, February 14th. Fourth through the seventeenth is that's when they'll be playing in the Coachella Valley tournament. Uh, they haven't announced the schedule yet. You can apparently buy tickets and go to these games. I don't know if they will be streamed. Hopefully they will. Uh, but the other MLS teams participating: uh, Austin FC, Charlotte FC, LA Galaxy, LAFC, uh, NYCFC, the Red Bulls, Timbers, Earthquakes, and St. Louis City SC. Uh, possibly more teams. Possibly some USL teams. Anyways, that is when uh, preseason will fully kick in. I know the team will probably get together um, like mid-January, I think is when they normally uh, get back together for uh, preseason training in Blaine. Uh, and they'll play up in the, at the NSC in the indoors for a couple weeks and then head down to um, head, head out, I guess, west to California. So uh, keep your eyes out, uh, eyes up and ears ears open for when those games are. If you're in California, you want to go to California. Apparently Coachella is nice. They're playing where the fucking music festival is. I don't know if there's going to build fields there, but whatever. 
you build it, they will come. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you're if you're you know have uh, disposable income, just go out to Coachella uh, like early February, just stay through April when uh, that Coachella Coachella Music Festival is. You probably could see some, you know, EDM acts or Kanye West or what. I mean, he's played out there, right? I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. Anyways, I'm, not, I'm too old for that shit. You and me both, Jess. You and me both. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, so speaking of that potential roster, uh, December 1st, uh, this past Friday, is when they had to, Minnesota had to make their roster moves for the offseason. They had to decide to whether they were going to um, exercise contract options, things like that. Uh, they before they before they announced their actual roster options, they announced that they had signed DJ Taylor to a new two-year contract. Uh, with a club option for 2026, uh, which is great news. Uh, he played really well. Um, I don't think he is probably a regular full-time left back, um, but, you know, he, or right back, He but he should be a decent starter for them. Um, definitely can plug in. He's definitely moved over to the left back as well, so gives him a lot of depth, um, which we do not have right now currently with the fullbacks. We'll yeah. talk about that in a hot second. So, uh, roster decision day, like I said, this was last uh, Friday. They waited to the last possible minute to actually announce these, which is cool, you know, um, to be par for the course. Uh, Kirby Ariaga, Michael Boxel, uh, Tani Uluwese, Joseph Rosales, who I mentioned before, and Zarek Valentin uh, all had their contract options exercised, um, which is awesome. Cool. Um, Boxel was, was probably the one that, Everybody was maybe I think there's maybe a little bit up in the air of whether he was going to get this option exercise or not. Um, but Tanya is great. Joseph Rosales is great. Zarek Valentin is another one. I think that a lot of people were weren't sure about him. I mean, obviously, he is a like MLS best 11 dude, like just a yeah. great person, a great community guy. Um, but, you know, he's if you look at his like actual football reference stats, not the best right yeah. back in in the in the uh in the league but however i i personally have a i've over the course of this last year I've kind of formed a little bit of a relationship with him uh doing some of the work that we've done with uh the team and with pinky swear and a couple other collaborations with the wonderwall um and he just is like one of the nicest dudes um i've ever met and like i said uh best 11 dude in mls period so um very excited that they brought him back um for at least one more year i think honestly I really, really like him to like, you know, play one more year if he wants. You know, if he wants to keep playing, keep playing. But like, if he if he wants to like sort of like step into a, a coaching role or something like that, like this, I think Minnesota would be a perfect spot for him. Um, so really excited I for Zara. In love so. with him. Just, just you know what? He is he is fucking attractive and he does good shit and raises a lot of money for good things. So yes, yes. I you am physically attracted to Zarek Valentin. So, yes, thank you very much. So, uh, MJ joined joined us. Hey, MJ, how's it going, bud? Hi, uh, it's nice to be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, we, we, we pushed through most of the uh, outside, you know, international uh, window news uh, and KEA. Anything you want to say about uh, Khalid Alamad? Um, the the new the new hire for Chief Sop Chief. Soccer officer and sporting director. I really don't know what to make of the whole still working at Barnsley thing that people like to criticize him for. Because he's, well, he's done in like eleven days, so yeah. But like w when he was first hired, everyone's like, "Oh, great, we're not gonna like actually have have a sporting director or soccer director until you know possibly you know next year or something like that." And I was just like, yeah, but to do his job, he probably doesn't need to be in the United States, you know, like, and he probably can, while the Barnsley season's going on, he could probably move forward ahead with some agenda items, you know, from over in England. I I, yeah. I just thought it was a little overblown as a criticism. I didn't like it. I didn't like that he wasn't immediately dropping everything and coming over here, but it's not ideal. But I I thought the criticism was overblown. That's all. I think we echo that sentiment. Uh, I mean, he he was probably half-assing two jobs. So, but after after Christmas, he'll full-ass one job. So, <laughs> but I mean, 
isn't that better than Adrian Heath quarter assing, <laughs> you know, two jobs? You know what, buddy? Um, I'm going to make a rule that we do not say that motherfucker's name ever again on this podcast. Oh. Fair enough. I know it's going to be hard for me personally, but I mean, it's going to be really hard for me, too. He who shall not be, you can, if you want to reference him, he who shall not be named. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is how we do it. Any So, any thoughts on the uh, contract options that were exercised? Uh, Ariaga, Boxo, all the way, say. Rosales, Valentin, anybody that surprised you there that, that was kept? Uh, I mentioned Valentin um, being someone who um, just on like actual football, footballing things, probably didn't, they probably didn't need to exercise this option, but in terms of like being a fucking great dude, a great community person, um, a great person to work with um, as a supporter groups uh, folks, um, made like was like a slam dunk 100%. But if you're just, if you're going based on just strictly sporting side, you maybe don't need to exercise option, but again, he's also not making a shit ton of money either. So, well, and um, did you not? Did you, you both just call him a beautiful man? So he's a very beautiful man. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, all right. He, he has redefined to me the positivity and good vibes of the Man Button Club. So, <laughs> I, I think. He's the face. He's the acceptable face of the man bun. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, and fair, fair, fair. Uh, it's a small club, so yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's talk contract options that were declined. Uh, uh, big ones here. Uh, a couple. Bakai Debasi, not uh, not options. Um, Eric Dick, Fred Emmings, um, uh, homegrown goalkeeper. Mender Garcia, DP forward. Uh, Jan Grey Goose, Emmanuel Iwe, Ryan Jiba, and uh, Ismail Tajurish Radi. Um, MJ, are there any ones here that particularly stand out for you um, that you may have kept or you're, you are happily surprised that they declined the option? Well, first of all, I feel like there should be an asterisk by Fred Emmings and Ismail Tajurish Radi because they are working on contracts. They're still in negotiations. Yes, I was, I was, I was, yeah. There, if you would have, if do you have the document open? Because I did a note no, in there that they're negotiating. So yeah, sorry, Emmings. Uh, they're negotiating with. I'm guessing they'll he'll sign. They'll sign him again. And then Tajiri Shradi is the other one. Um, he came in late uh, in the in the secondary window last year with Timu Puki. Uh, didn't play a ton, but he was a very um, excellent super sub for Minnesota United. Uh, his yeah, hamstring is is not great and so i'm not sure if he'll ever will be able to play 30 plus games but you don't need um uh its to play 30 games you need him to play 10 games for emmanuel right also and just and not be able to like as dan wade said in his uh article earlier this week or last week or late last week basically saying like you need that guy to come in basically sub in for emmanuel right also maybe five to ten games a year where you can keep running the same system. You don't need to wave a white flag, completely change the formation or whatever. Cause right. uh, he can do the stuff that uh, Reynoso does not as well as Reynoso, obviously, but he can do that stuff. And if you can um, get him to do that, you know, five to 12 games a year, um, then come on as a super sub, you know, 60 minutes, you know, most of the rest of the season, you're doing pretty good. So, uh, but of the, of the non Emmings, non uh, ITS, Crowd, MJ, um, are there any folks that you um, were were had, like your name your your mind was exploded when they were released or declined options um, declined? I was the first thing that comes out to me is Emmanuel Uwe because yep. he's local and he's young. He's also on an, like a sixty eight thousand dollars salary. Like I almost make as much as Emmanuel Uwe, so like that's. So- it, it it just seems like we didn't get to see a lot of him. When we did see him, he was doing good things or doing things that we were just like, yeah, he'll learn that. Or, you know, this is something to build off. This, this shows potential. Um, but, yeah, you know, for a, a guy who grew up in St. Louis Park, played at St. Cloud State, played with Joy Athletic in the um, uh, whatever league that I can't remember. Man, my brain, my brain's farting on lower league division soccer here. But U- UPSL? Uh, no, 
The MPSL? Not the MPSL. The MPSL, yeah. Joy Athletic and the MPSL. So, yeah, I mean, local guy. And uh, seemed to have a lot of potential on the attacking side of the ball. And seemed to be playing well for the twos when he played. And we didn't get to see him play for the senior team that much. And I'll be the first to admit that maybe there's good reasons why we didn't see him for the senior club that much. But as someone who wonders what might have been, I would like to see more of him. That he's interesting. I think he requires an international spot, um, which is why they might not have brought him back for on the senior roster. Um, I think there's a very good possibility that he, if that, that, you know, if he doesn't sign with somebody else um, that, you know, MNUFC two um, gives him a contract. Um, sure. But I think he, I think he requires the international spot, um, which is why he probably uh, didn't get brought back. Uh, the other, the other, I mean, the other one. So obviously, Mender, you mentioned Mender Garcia, um, designated player, uh, option declined. He had four goals and forty six appearances for Minnesota United. Um, I, the, the the he's interesting because before Keith was let go. Uh, every indication was that Mender Garcia was he's going to get his option picked up. Um, so clearly there's something going on either. It's, it's, you know, uh, they, they have a, a manager in, in mind, uh, maybe somebody who's on a, a MLS, who's an MLS coaching staff right now that they can't um, announce who said basically like, do not bring that guy back. Uh, they could have bought his, they could have bought him down um, from his DP to his TAM. Like, I think, um, I think, Dan's article said that he's like the 12th highest paid player on Minnesota United right now, um, but he was still technically a DP. Um, so that, I thought that was a no brainer, but I think a lot of people accept, expected him to be back. But Kai DeBasi is another one. He, you know, obviously came back from a horrific thigh injury that he suffered in the playoffs two years ago or not, not this year, but the year before um, only played what, like six or seven games for Minnesota United this year. Um, yeah. But he's also like 32, Probably not, you know, in the system that Minnesota United has played in the past, um, unless you are having him as like a, a unless Minnesota United is switching to like a, like a three five two or something like that, where he could play like as a, as a third center back, probably doesn't fit well into any sort of system that they'd play in Minnesota. Um, the one that kind of infuriates me, not because I think this player was good, um, was Ryan Jiba. Ryan Jiba, we drafted last year in the super draft uh, and we paid the largest transfer for fee transfer fee ever in USL one history for this guy oh. from, from Omaha um, did not play for the, the first team. And we just let him, we cut him loose. We draft him in the first round um, and then yeah, paid a, a big ass transfer fee to union Omaha. And then this dude got, I think he got maybe some minutes in the open cup, maybe um, maybe in the friendly against uh Fuck, uh, Kaiser Sauten. Um, but yeah. if you if you're investing, and I guess you know, if you decide that this guy's not worth it, you know he is. He's a little older. He's twenty. I think he's twenty three now. He did. He was. He did have some injuries. Um, I think that that was kind of like the knock on him when he was drafted. So it just seems weird that they would cut bait like this. But again, it's also kind of like, well, if you're gonna read. Like refigure the entire thing, like cool, like get rid of everything that you don't want and figure it out. Uh, other big, other sort of names that people might know: Jan Gregus, his option was decline, um, and then Eric Dick, who you know, only ever got a few a few minutes, I think, for the for the first team, but just like one of the nicest dudes. Speaking of like Zarek yeah. Mountain, this dude was like he was at almost every community event. He was at a lot of the futsal, uh, joy of the people stuff. Um, always a super game for all of their uh social media shenanigans. So, uh, sucks to to lose that guy. But as a third string goalkeeper, um, yeah, I think he probably he's you know he's twenty seven or twenty eight. So like goalkeepers can play forever. Um, but I'm guessing he probably wants an opportunity to get some actual backup minutes. Um, or some you know first team minutes maybe in the USL Championship. Uh, considering Clint Irwin is under contract. He wasn't going to get that here in Minnesota. And if they bring back Fred Emmings, Fred Emmings is the heir apparent for the, you know, for the third goalkeeper spot, you know, potentially moving into that second spot, you know, in a, in a year or two. Um, so makes sense that, that, you know, 
Eric Dick wanted to leave or, or you know, the team gave him the opportunity to go somewhere else. So, but it, you're gonna, I'm going to miss that guy. That guy was uh, super awesome. So I will echo that. He's just a great vibes guy, great attitude guy and super fun and good personality guy. I, I will also selfishly miss using Dick in the box references. Um, <laughs> one, you know, one of everyone's favorite SNL holiday songs and, also, just because he was a goalkeeper, yeah. Jess, any any of these guys uh, that you're you're upset about or are going to be mourning their their loss? Um, I feel like I'm kind of surprised by Jan Gregus, but I don't know why. He, I think he was on like a four hundred twenty thousand dollar contract. So, I mean, if he if he was able to come back for, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, a little bit less than that, he's he's also weird because he's not he's not a defender. Um, so unless you're bringing in, if you know you're bringing in a Ozzy Alonso esque number six, yeah. then you can have Grey Goose as a as a box to box midfielder, and that makes sense. Um, but again, I think a lot of this sort of goes back to that fact that we don't have a manager, right? So we have. Right. We have a we have a, a sporting a chief, you know, a sporting director, uh, CSO who you, we assume has a has a vision for how he wants to play. Um, so you assume, you know, rightly or wrongly, that he will be bringing in um, a manager that will fit his system. Um, and so, it, you know, but if you don't have, you know, you, it's it's hard to bring back uh, Jan Gregus at the salary that he's at. If you don't know for sure that you who you're bringing in as that sort of, um, you know, number six that can is a destroyer in like right. an Ozzy Alonso, um, Fabinho esque sort of like player. So you can always resign him. Like you, that doesn't mean just because their op- option was declined doesn't mean you can't resign the guy. Um, right. So yeah. All right. And the other out of contract players. Um, mentioned uh well you did not mention but cameron dunbar uh and will trap who are um as i mentioned uh with uh uh, its and fred emmings minnesota is currently in negotiations with to bring back um will trap needs to come back at a significantly lower cost um unfortunately but uh i think he kind of understands that i'm not sure if there's another team that makes sense for will trap um the other out of contract player that is not coming back brent coleman Oh, the the last NASL, the last vestige of NASL ness um, outside of Doctor McGuire, basically, and, and Manny Lagos, um, yep. the last player who had who had NASL. And Sean Sitnik. Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Sean Sitnik as well. Um, but the last player who had NASL roots, Brent Coleman. Um, Brent, I mean, I'm sure he will either catch on with uh, another MLS team as like a backup. Um, I think he actually probably goes to like the USL Championship. Um, or League One and starts as a as a uh, uh, center back for you know a team down in in League One or uh, the USL Championship. I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be good in that role. So um, I expect Brent Coleman will keep playing soccer. I believe I, I was talking with um, I was at the uh, bar watching uh, Liverpool. Was it? Yeah, on Sunday or no? What are we watching? Uh, were we watching? Can't remember what, maybe we we're watching Wolves on Saturday, but that there was no, um, there's been not been a, a soccer player that has come through Minnesota United or the Minnesota Stars or the Minnesota Thunder um, that hasn't played with either Amos McGee, Kevin Friedland, or Brent Coleman. <laughs> and that, and so it's been like since like, um, yeah, like the 90s. Basically, every player who has come through Minnesota has played with one of those three players. Yep. And right. that is coming to an end uh, with Brent wow. Coleman leaving the team, which is, I mean, I don't know Brent has, he's a, he's a local kid, right? Woodbury. Um, I think he has, uh, there's a, a fraught relationship that he, that he enveloped with uh, a lot of the fan base after the George Floyd uh, COVID bubble tournament stuff. Um, some of his statements afterwards, I think a lot of people who had, really, really loved that he was a local guy. He was one of us kind of, we're not happy about some of that stuff. Um, so he has a very, he has an interesting relationship with the team. I mean, honestly, like I said, I have a Brett, I have a Brett Coleman uh, 
game used jersey that I kind of refuse to wear at this point now. Um, and maybe after over years that will that will fade. But it's also I just you know he has a a very interesting relationship with the fan base. Um, I think a lot of people um, love that he was you know a local kid, one of us, and on this team and the the link back to the NASL days. Uh, but yeah, that's is done now. So and it doesn't sound like he's yeah they're trying to negotiate to bring him back either. So and he also had the steroid stuff that was right before all the uh, the twenty nineteen season, the steroid stuff, and so. He has a complicated oh, okay. relationship. I had I think, forgotten I, about that. I think a lot of people forget about that. So yeah, he's so he has a complicated relationship with the fan base. I think um, I really appreciate all the stuff that he did, um, all the work that he did, all the um, sacrifices and stuff that he made. But again, it's you know the relationship's complicated, so it is what it is. So uh, and then finally, uh, we officially you know obviously Caden Clark is coming in. He is, uh, I mean he. Speaking of uh, uh, Ismail Tajiri Shradi, this is a guy who would be competing with, and, and Emmanuel Iwe for that matter, for, you know, sort of midfield um, attacking minutes um, that I think we kind of all forgot about, <laughs> that Caden Clark is yeah, actually yeah. going to be coming in yeah, in January with this team. Uh, former Red Bulls, um, New York Red Bulls, and then he uh, signed with uh, RB Leipzig, never really got into the team, and now it's coming back to the U.S., uh, he's a Minnesota kid. I think he's from Medina, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere oh. somewhere out in the western suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota kid coming back. He's only like 22 or 23, so he's young, relatively young. Um, and I think you know he had he scored a bunch of goals for the Red Bulls before he left uh, for the New York Red Bulls before he went to Germany. Um, but never really he never really hit it in Germany. And uh, they basically said, you know, you can you know you can go back to to um, uh, MLS. So Minnesota swooped in and got him. So, okay. yeah. Uh, MJ, Jess, anything else from the uh, from the December first uh, off season moves that we that, you, that I missed or you want to mention? I want to say that trying to look at this from a broad perspective overall, there are people that whether they're fan favorites or or not that we're used to associating with Minnesota United just from a long time, like a Brent Coleman. And there are players there that may have uh, like a Debassy that maybe have fan nostalgia and attachment to, but I think at the end of the day, to use a Manny Lagosism, that when you look at the whole roster, it makes sense who we're keeping and, and let it go. There might be a few exceptions, but overall it kind of makes sense. All right, cool. Well, we're, we're getting pretty close to being over. Uh, some big question things. Um, uh, there is there have been rumors. Uh, I've seen that a fourth DP being added to uh, roster spots. Thank you, Miami, for giving us that option. Um, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, honestly. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some um, big sort of uh, roster construction moves um, that are approved. Uh, the other weird uh, little, you know, rumor, you know, po- like posit theory uh, from courtesy of John Marth- Marthaler, who is a um, good dude, uh, very plugged into the local soccer scene, um, you know, and everybody's complaining about not getting Miami in their on their on their um, on their schedule about some potential conference realignment. And I know we've talked about this in the past about um, eventually when we this league gets to thirty two teams of of breaking you know the the divisions or the the conferences down into smaller divisions which you're, you're more centrally or not, you know, centrally in that you are, you know, fo- like locally aligned um, centrally in that, you know, you can, it's easier to travel. Um, you get more teams against, you know, more games against teams that, you know, are relatively easier to get to uh, e. Minnesota and Chicago being in the same conf- same division um, that <laughs> Marthaler put out in his, uh, his sub stack, which I highly recommend um, if you Google John Marthaler sub stack, I'm sure it pops up. Uh, conference realignment with um, four divisions uh, and then some playoff adjustments so that they increased actually the number of playoff teams or not number of playoff teams, but the number of playoff games by going to a world cup scenario um, where you play every team in your group with some adjustments to make it, you know, for the teams that are the higher seeds um, a little more palatable. So uh, anyways, John Marthaler, really great follow um, on 
Twitter, but also, yeah, I think his, uh, I can't remember what the name of his Substack is, but you Google John Marthal or Substack, I would highly recommend it. So, uh, all right, Mr. United FC 2. <laughs> As of today, there are only three rostered twosies players uh, Britton Fisher, Rory O'Driscoll, and Luik Basanvi. Uh, the Minneapolis City contingent uh, showing up for Minneapolis, for Minnesota United FC 2. So, good Come on, on them. Come on, you crows. All right. And then uh, in our other United News slash Once a Loon News, we have Christian Ramirez uh, coming up big for Columbus Crew. Um, MJ, you want to lead us in here? Yeah. Uh, I I can't say twice a loon because R- Ramirez wasn't really a loon more than once like a Miguel Ibarra was. But um, I will say once two loons. Um, normally once there a loon, go. this is once two loons. Uh, Christian Ramirez and Kevin Molino now both play for Columbus Crew. They are doing well in the MLS Cup playoffs. And... They're in the final. Yeah. So and they're hosting the final, by the way. Both of these players, they're not starting, right? For those of you who remember when they were kicking ass on the pitch for Minnesota United and they were yes. starting, they are not starting, but they are coming off the bench and they're making an impact. Saturday, November 25th at Orlando City, 0-0 at full time. Ramirez subs at the beginning of extra time, scores a goal in the 93rd minute. And then Molino subs in in the 105th minute, the start of the second half of extra time, and assists Cucho Hernandez in the 118th minute. Glace, the goalkeeper for Orlando, was way out of his net, but still, Molino gets the assist. Actually, a really good visual clearance by him to hit it up to Cucho Hernandez on the defensive side of the ball. So that brings us to the Eastern Conference Finals, Hell is Real edition um, at FC Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati and Columbus are connected by some highway that has a billboard funded by some Christian organization that wants you to know that hell is real. Mm. Yeah. And so that billboard has, for good or for evil, is now the name of a, of, of a soccer derby. Uh, again, uh, Ramirez and Molino didn't start, but they both sub on in the game. Ramirez subs in in the 16th minute. Molino subs in the 111th minute, and then in the 114th minute, Christian Ramirez gets the winning goal against, uh, assisted by Cucho Hernandez. Uh, and so the crew win 3-2. to two. They are on to the MLS Cup finals. Come on, you lose. Yep. Against LAFC, uh, his former team, uh, oh. who, beat, who beat Houston in the uh, Western Conference final. So Christian Ramirez has played for three of the four uh, final uh, uh, conference finalist uh, teams. So uh, he also scored that goal, that goal on the 25th against Orlando City, um, literally hours before his uh, uh, son was born, his second child. Uh, and then when he scored that goal, that the game winner uh, in the conference finals on Saturday, he was still wearing his hospital wristband. So literally days after his son was born. So um, really um, cool, super awesome for Superman. We love we love Superman. I know I will be cheering for Columbus on Saturday. I hope everybody else is too. And uh, the game will be on with the black card. So if you want to come down and watch Christian Ramirez, hopefully score a 120th minute winner. Um, he's been doing that pretty consistently. So knock yourself out. All he does uh, is goals. All he does, yeah. Both those goals, by the way, were super fucking amazing Christian Ramirez. Uh, yeah, like poacher goals, man. Um, nice. it's, it's great. And then the other thing I'll say about Christian Ramirez, and then MJ, I'll let you talk. Um, he is on the most recent episode of the Men in Blazers, uh, the Vamos with Hercules Gomez podcast. Those so like oh. Vamos with Her Gomez. If you, it's in the Men in Blazers podcast feed, he tells a story about Orlando City and like this uh, seven year old kid in Orlando and his mom, uh, like just giving him shit all game and then him scoring a goal and like celebrating in front of these two people in Orlando. It is the most Christian. If you've watched Christian Ramirez back from like the, the 14, 15, 16 year, like the, the Minnesota United NASL days when he had really had a chip on his shoulder, it is the quintessential Christian Ramirez story. So I highly recommend checking out 
the Vamos. I mean, we don't normally recommend other podcasts here, but Vamos uh, with Hurt Gomez. It's on the Men and Blazers podcast feed. Uh, check that one out. It's great. It's a great Chris Ramirez interview. So sorry, MJ, I, I interrupted you. No, uh, all those were great tidbits. Uh, and I have nothing more to say on Plump's group. So okay. I think you wrapped it up well. Well, let's jump to Minneapolis City, bud. Um, how's where, how's everything going over there? Well, the the big news is that St. Olaf wins the NCAA Men's Division Three Championship. And, oh, right on! Awesome. And the reason why that's for the pros is nine former or current pros players play or coach with the Olies. Um, we're talking about uh, assistant coach uh, Justin, or uh, head coach Justin Oliver. And assistant coach uh, Matthew Gibbons um, are are both former Crows, um, and then uh, Victor Goldman, uh, Shea Bechel, uh, Hakeem Morgan scoring goals for Saint Olaf, uh, all contributing to the Olies, who had never been to I think the national tournament before, like are not a D three soccer powerhouse. Um, them getting into the tournament and going all the way. So congrats to the Oles, congrats to a, a Minnesota college soccer team that has kind of helped put uh, the Mayak back on the map as far as D3 soccer goes, and a, a bunch of Crows helping them out. Nice. I I always prefer Carlton down there, but that's because uh, the, the Lutherans weird me out a little bit, so. <laughs> um. MJ's de- de- deadpanning me here. Uh, the, the, the funny st- thing about the Carlton St. Olaf rivalry is the Carlton has often has the tagline of being the 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 Harvard of the Midwest or or the Har- the Harvard of like private Somewhere. schools yeah. or you know of smaller schools or something like that. And uh, St. Olaf has a a shirt that they made up for fun that says uh, St. Olaf. The, the Carlton of the Midwest or something. <laughs> <laughs> but... I, I, so I, I spent a lot of time down, down in Northfield uh, uh, when I was in, at St. Thomas playing Ultimates uh, and also wrestling. We wrestled St. Olaf used to have a wrestling team as a Carlton. Um, and so I would it, honestly, St. Olaf has the, has the, the more beautiful campus. Um, but, and then I played a lot of Ultimate Frisbee against uh, St. Olaf and then against Carlton and the Hot Carls. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, and I, uh, dated a girl, uh, down in St. Olaf or down in Northfield for a while. She did not go to St. Olaf or yeah. Carlton. Um, that town, by the way, uh, smell, uh, it's the multi-meal factory. It smells terrible year round. <laughs> it's like a terrible, if you are not going to school there for like, you know, four years and get the fuck out and you live there, it's a weird yeah, I, I should tell you the story about this. T- yeah, this girl I dated for, down there for a while. This is like back, sh- shit, t- over twenty years ago now. Um, when I was in at St. Thomas and um, met this girl at a club, and then yeah, I proceeded to have this really weird, really weird relationship for like three months. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, buy me a THC seltzer at the Black uh, uh, Black yeah, sometime is... soon, and I will I will give you the the full details of this relationship. So. We're not um, a podcast. What? No, well, maybe not. This maybe on a, a after dark podcast. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, my my wife listens to this one. I don't need to get that explicit here. So, um, Minneapolis City, other stuff. Uh, they just they announced the scarf design, which is really cool. Um, I'm sure it's probably on their social media. You can go check it out. Uh, I'd imagine that if you are not uh, a Minneapolis City member, you should become one very soon because I'm yep. guessing there will be a new shirt uh design uh uh poll soon so um they do minneapolis city is really awesome they don't do two new shirts every year they do one new shirt and so they're they're you know, so you can say it's more sustainable um you can but yeah so the is it the the away shirt this year mj or is it the home shirt that they're up that's up for i renewal member i believe it's the away but ladies not- and gentlemen minneapolis city board member mj uh one of the things that the board isn't in charge of is the graphic design for any of the merch. Um, Good. I'm glad. So, so that's not something <laughs> that's come across my desk. That's not something that I've written meeting minutes about. Um, I will say this. 
Um, as we've announced, Adam uh, Pribble is now the new CEO or president of uh, Minneapolis City. And so he is now running the the meetings, the board meetings. And nice. um, one of the products of that relationship is he's acknowledging that to do better with the growth of Minneapolis City and with the increased uh, level of talent needed or the, in, the more difficult leagues that they're playing in, that they need to be better organized. And so uh, one of the things that's very evident about uh, the, the meetings and the organization is, you know, and I can't say much more than this, but things are getting more organized. Cool. I, I also say one more thing about Minneapolis City is that there um, may or may not be an opportunity to uh, kick a ball, a soccer ball at my head for charity. Um, just I'm going to leave that out there. Uh, totally uh, unannounced. But uh, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to get the the first scoop on that. So, And, and who uh, would not want to kick a ball at, at David Zeller? Yes, I mean, many people have tried. Um, only one has succeeded, and that's Emmanuel Reynoso, um, and actually hitting me. So, uh, I should take the back. I, I mean, I, I a lot of people hit the balls at me, and when I'm a goalkeeper, but um, that's I, I'm getting in the way of those intentionally. So, one of the MJ Anon theories that has never been fully explored is what did you say on the podcast previously about Emmanuel Reynoso that made him just want to nail you in the head? That game was this before we knew that he had pistol whipped a child because I probably have said some shit to about him before that, so or after that, yeah. All right, what well, <laughs> Emmanuel Reynoso on the spot, but we've also been willing to criticize him, so I, you know, yeah. I just you know, you know, maybe I said something, but since you run the podcast, he was angry at you, you know, it's possible. I do get I do get all you guys' blowback, so there's yeah, that. Yeah. Um, that's a lot, let's let's finish up here real quick. I'm uh, Minnesota Aurora. Uh, not a ton of news. Their trials are happening shortly. I think there's some in a, in a couple weeks, and then some in January. Um, they, I think we talked about. They announced a, uh, a, a Minnesota Aurora Twos team that will be playing in the WPSL. Um, they have not announced a venue for that, but um, everybody, people that I know, seem to think it's gonna be someplace in St. Paul, which would be super awesome. Um, be very, like very bikeable for a lot of people, and we can get. Um, a ton of folks out to watch the uh, the Aurora 2 players. Uh, and then uh, several Aurora players actually were playing in the Women's uh, uh, European Champions League um, matches. Uh, the, was it this, which, is it uh, Prague, MJ, or D Donetsk? No, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's the Serbian team, uh, Sabotnik, right? Sabotnik, Sabotnik, yes. So, they they almost made it through the the knockout round into the group stages, but they, they did not. So a, a well a well experienced uh, Swedish side, yeah, that, uh, that uh, knocked them out. So yeah, um, but yeah, there's tons of uh, of former Aurora players playing in uh, the European uh, Women's League. So um, definitely definitely check it out if you can. Um, uh, 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 Tiana Harris is playing for a French first division team, and they're actually doing really well. And she's starting and playing minutes for them, which is fucking awesome. And she might not even be playing center back. She might be playing like defensive midfield or something. Yeah, like I think that. she is. I think she's moved a little further up the field. So, um, so which is great because yeah. she can. We know she can score. Um, yeah. We know she's got a, a, a you know really good field awareness. Um, can use her head and her feet. So, uh, all right. And then finally, um, I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about the Everson point deduction, um, the bullshit that is going on there. There was a great or not so great athletic article, great athletic article about it in which the Premier League was trying to explain how this is not a setting a precedent or whatever, basically weaseling out of why they're not going to dock, you know, Manchester City, let's say, or Chelsea or Newcastle similar amounts of points for their financial fair play violations. I believe Everton has one complaint against them. And uh, over the past several years, Manchester city has a hundred something. 115. Complaints 115. I, I know that number off the top of my head. So um, 
and your wife would be proud of you for that. So, um, and my whole point about this to be as a journalist and trying to be unbiased as possible is not that this shouldn't have happened to Everton. It is, if it does happen to Everton for 10 points, then off of one violation, so it's 10 points for every one violation. That's <laughs> I 1, see where 000, you're going here, buddy. 1,150 violations. Kick, kick Man City's ass down to the uh, national, the national League. You know, Manchester City and Chelsea and Newcastle also deserve to go down a certain number of points um, for their financial misdeeds. The, the big kicker is that we do not have, in Chelsea's case, Russian oil money. In Newcastle's case, we do not have Saudi oil money. And in uh, Manchester City's case, we do not have uh, United Arab Emirates oil you money. You do not have Russian oil money anymore, which is what puts you in this predicament. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, this sounds heavy, dudes. We, we <laughs> do not have the money to to hand the, you know, just to grease the wheels a little bit of, of the Premier League decision makers to say, hey, hey, maybe don't bring this against our club. We, we just yeah. don't have that money. So. So uh, uh, long story short, I think I think this I'm with you, man. I think this sucks. I mean, obviously, you guys, Everton did break the rules and they I mean they admitted as much like they said but they thought oh we didn't break it as, as much as you thought we did um losing more than 105 million dollars over the course of three years is fucking insane and not sustainable but again it's like that's whatever the fact that yeah that everton is being sort of like made to be the and if if nothing else happens if nothing happens to chelsea and man city and it's just everton has made sort of made an example of that will fucking suck and it's not cool um if this is like hey man city everton chelsea we're gonna this is like we're gonna come down hard and this uh, this gets them to sort of like get to an agreement where they accept a certain deduction or something like that then good i guess but um there's lots of other stuff at play here right the the, the other criticism that i i have heard and this happens on a, on a soccer uh group chat that i'm on was Someone said, "So, are you saying that Man City deserves the the Scotland Premier League Rangers treatment?" <laughs> yes, but, you know they they had to completely disband, come up with a club again, and start at the bottom of the pyramid and and work their way back up to the top division. And Dustin Feedy, friend of the pod, uh, ultimate frisbee player with with Zeller and I at one point, uh, Dustin Feedy said, "All the teams." All six teams that tried to break away and form the European Super League should be given the the Rangers treatment. And you know, I, I'm not going to go that far, but you 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 saw very little punishment come out of those six teams that were were trying to break away. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, they should get the UVA treatment when they get kicked down to the Championship, right? right. And right. with massive with massive, you know financial limitations and stuff like that anyways uh we can we can if we can chat about it in our podcast everton today later um uh but uh yeah it's interesting um i think i think you'll be fine i think everton actually looks really good this year and if this had happened last year or the year before you guys have been fucked but i think yeah. this year i think you guys will be totally fine and you'll you're you're gonna survive so um i think it honestly i think it'll, it will get knocked down uh during arbitrary or during um appeal as well so i think there'll you'll probably only lose like five or six points as opposed to the 10 that you are currently docked right now. So it, I think everything's going to be fine. On those 10 points, we would be ahead of Chelsea right now. Yeah. It says more about Chelsea than it does Everton. It does. It does. All right, guys, this was awesome. Uh, great to get back on the, on the, on the mics. Um, please uh, rate review our podcast, wherever, wherever you get it. Uh, as I mentioned, MJ at the beginning, before you got on, we are the 108th uh, number, uh, the number 108th, Sports podcast in Bulgaria. That's fucking incredible. Yeah, I know, right? So I, I did. I, I spoke some Bulgarian at the beginning of the podcast to welcome our Bulgarian listeners. So I just heard a Bulgarian folk band at the Cedar Cultural Center this weekend. My nieces were in town, and we went to hear Ukrainian village band and orchestra ime or something like that, which basically means band without a name in Bulgarian. Um, well, serendipitous. All right. Yeah. Maybe there's a reason. All right. 
Thanks, Bulgaria. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can always find us at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, if you're on the Blue Sky, uh, we have TDIK. We're TDIK on Blue Sky. Um, we have no followers right now um, because I'm not engaged with that Twitter account or that Blue Sky account, really. Um, Texas Zeller on Twitter or at Texas Zeller uh, at the, on the Blue Skies as well. Um, I also uh, started a, a new podcast with a, our friend of the podcast, Eric Grady, the Minnesota Sports Variety Show. Um, we talk sports, uh, not actually talk a lot of American football, weirdly, uh, some hockey, some basketball. And then we do variety stuff. We talk about things like, um, do you sit down if you pee? Uh, we talk about movies, things of that <laughs> nature. So uh, check it out. Um, it's uh, uh, MN Sports Variety on Twitter. That's uh, capital M, capital N Sports Variety. Or again, wherever you get your podcast, you can download the Minnesota Sports Variety Show. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsu. And just as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, without having to look at it, at Jessica144083. Niner two. We but the days you know this is the I know. Thanks, guys. To try and work it out, cause we both know we can't do nothing at Long as you do yours, land here, become feet, cunt. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, y'all, son, son, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nah, 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 nah,